1: I went by on my lunch break and dropped off some homemade cookies. And the card said, I don't know what proper threesome etiquette is, but my mom told me that you never show up to a party empty-handed.
0: Today we have our dear friend Danielle joining us as our guest. She is a personal shopper and stylist. She works with both men and women, has been a part of some of the fabulous outfits you've seen us wearing here. And she is launching her own business, and we will link that site once it is live. Danielle, thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, thank you. Welcome.
1: Thanks for having me, guys.
0: Danielle is joining us today to share her experience of being monogamous while dating a polyamorous person. So we're excited about this conversation today. Danielle, why don't you share with us one of your most interesting stories?
1: Oh, so many to choose from. Um the one that comes to mind, um, I had been dating a, a polyamorous partner, same as Jeremy, we'd been seeing each other for a few months. And we had this rare, really special connection right from the start. We were instantly comfortable with one another and our connection was just palpable. And uh, we were discussing our sexual fantasies and kind of exploring things together. And he mentioned that he had another partner that was interested in doing the threesome. And so after some exchange photos and information, we finally decided to exchange phone numbers. And she and I started texting back and forth. He put me in touch with Barbara. She was this gorgeous Latina with a beautiful face and a body to match. We were texting and right off the bat, I got the feeling that she was more invested in being serious with Jeremy than doing anything fun with me and Jeremy. I think from her wording and knowing a little bit about her past, the fact that she had recently been divorced and she had a very traditional kind of chauvinistic husband, who she always probably put her needs second to, it became very clear that she was all about pleasing her partner. Uh, And I imagine that was something very hard for her to turn off. So our conversations were mostly about him and not necessarily about her or me. Red flag number one. I also got this sense that she was longing for their relationship to be more serious and possibly long-term and monogamous the thought that she might be able to change him.
2: No, like that ever happens.
1: The way she talked about him was so different from the way that he talked about her.
2: Mm -hmm. So they were not on the same page.
1: I didn't feel that way at all. And he and I were very clear and very straightforward with each other. There's red flag number two. As we were leading up to the week of our proposed threesome, She began showing some signs of jealousy and envy of my connection with Jeremy. So now there's red flag number three. We've hit the trifecta. Oh, yes. (laughs) But still, I proceeded. The day arrives. I'm all excited and it's happening. And he was picking her up from the airport. So I thought I should do something nice knowing that they were going to be sitting in the afternoon together i went by on my lunch break and dropped off some homemade cookies and a little note so sweet (laughs) literally so sweet (laughs) and the card said i don't know what proper threesome etiquette is but my mom told me that you never show up to a party (laughs) empty-handed And still to this day, Jeremy still has that card. (laughs) Fast forward to like 5.30 that evening. I'm getting myself ready to go. Putting on some very sexy lingerie. I'm in a cute little summer dress over it that tied the bow in the back. What color was the lingerie
2: so I can picture it properly?
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was black with chains linking all the pieces together. All right. And like I said, a very sweet green dress over it. So you would never expect it.
2: <laughs> okay. I got the vision. Thank
1: you. <laughs> You're welcome, Liv. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm getting ready to head out my front door my local cocktail bar where I'm meeting them. And Jeremy's unusually quiet via text message. i not, not hearing a whole lot from him. But he messaged me to say they were running a little bit late. And so I proceeded to get myself an old fashioned give myself a little liquid courage so I'd be good to go. Then one text message after another started pouring in. God. <laughs> and I will never forget the first text message that arrived. He said, I'm dealing with a crisis right now. Oh no. I'm not sure if we're gonna make it. Me being the stubborn horse that I am, and the eternal optimist, I decide I'm gonna order myself in a real fashion and wait it out. Yeah. I think in that moment, I was just waiting for more messages to arrive to decide kind of how I was feeling about all this. And finally he started apologizing and I was able to see like, this isn't happening. This, this is a done deal. So I called it quits. Walked myself back home in my cute little lingerie and my cute little dress.
2: Oh, no. See, it happens to the best of us.
1: On my walk home, like a small part of me wasn't all that
3: surprised. Mm.
1: You got you had all the,
2: all the, the, the signs.
3: Yeah. it's the wrong kind of r- the walk of shame.
1: Shame on me for not putting that
2: together. This was your first experience. And uh, like uh, when you were having a threesome, like this was it. Like your first threesome, you're like, here I go. And that's what happened.
3: Put yourself out there. And this is like everybody's dream too.
2: Right.
1: And first polyamorous person I've ever dated. Yeah. Not good.
3: We were at that show in, in Vegas. I think they, they asked the audience, can what's your fantasy? It was like, everybody kept saying threesome, threesome. It was the same over and over again.
2: I would like to apologize for Jeremy and his partner, Barbara. On <laughs> behalf
1: <laughs> Amorous people.
2: <laughs> yeah. That was not right.
1: Right. Well, before you apologize on his behalf, let me tell you the rest of the story.
0: For for context, how long had you been dating Jeremy prior to this?
1: Uh at least a couple months.
0: Okay, so not not a long-term relationship. We wanted to
1: continue seeing each other. Right. Okay.
0: Yeah. Please continue.
1: So I'm now, you know, stood up. And the worst part of it all is that they had this romantic weekend planned in Lake Tahoe. And I got to sit home all weekend and wonder, what the heck just happened? <laughs> he, he, he sent me a text message that night, that Friday night, and said, you know, I'm really sorry, but she needs a lot of my attention right now. And so then I thought, oh my gosh, it's a medical emergency or a family emergency. Shame on me for thinking anything else. And so then I thought, well, I should reach out to them. And so I just sent a text message that said,
2: like the worst thing you could have done.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> I wanted to make them feel better in the moment, maybe being the people pleaser that I am too. And I wanted them to enjoy the rest of their weekend. And so I just said exactly that, you know, it's in the past, forget about it, enjoy Tahoe. Well, Monday rolls around, he takes her back to the airport and she goes back home. And I finally get to actually talk with him about what happened. And uh, it turns out that the reason they didn't show up was because Jeremy had purchased some outfits for Barbara and I. And the minute she saw my outfit, she exploded and basically threw a tantrum. (laughs)
0: Yikes.
1: (laughs) Take a guess what my outfit was.
0: I have no idea.
1: I'll give you a hint, they were actually costumes, hers was Princess Jasmine and mine was Ariel the Little Mermaid. And the minute she saw that seashell bra, she lost her shit.
2: (laughs) Is it maybe because that was her favorite Disney character, the Little Mermaid? I don't know.
1: It's because he had an affinity for redheads and she knew that.
2: <laughs> Red
1: hair is a thing. Interesting. Uh, yes. Yep. So, moral of the story: being a redhead ain't easy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's very hard. We have it hard. <laughs> <laughs>
1: On top of threesomes, that's everyone else's fantasy: being with a redhead.
2: <laughs> <laughs> How about threesomes with redheads? <gasps>
1: that's
3: like, yeah, that's the top.
1: <laughs> that's the top. <laughs>
3: So this relationship, was it a uh, hierarchy?
1: Um, well, that's what's interesting is Jeremy does have a primary partner and then he is polyamorous outside of that. But his primary partner is monogamous.
2: Mm. And it was it wasn't Barbara.
1: No. Yeah. OK. It's a um, secondary slash tertiary. It, it, there wasn't necessarily a hierarchy after his primary partner. It was more so about yeah him exploring outside of that primary relationship.
0: Interesting.
2: Yeah, very interesting indeed.
1: It's very much envious of our connection. Clearly, yeah, for a bra to to just end it all.
2: Right. Well, it was probably a thing that's because kind of, it, it was bound to happen since she wasn't comfortable with it and she thought she was going to be able to 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 make it and then everything just
3: boom. Well, it's it's interesting because she wasn't the primary in this relationship, yeah. but she still wanted more. You know, yeah. it's like it was expecting more.
2: Yeah, she wanted to be the only the only not primary. (laughs) We always want to be special, even if we're not special to begin with, we wanna be the most special out of the not special ones. (laughs) Does that make sense?
3: Yeah, it does. (laughs) It's a simplified phrase, but yes.
0: Yes. The the top of wherever you land in the
2: yeah, exactly. Exactly. Even if I'm the, the bottom of all the bottoms, I got to be the top of the very bottom. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: well, that is quite a story. A lot to learn there. Um, Danielle, could you recap for us what the red flags are and then kind of tell us from your experience, what would you recommend um, kind of maybe asking ahead of time and being aware of going into this situation in the first place?
1: So I think red flag number one for me was that this other polyamorous partner was showing signs that she wasn't legitimately interested in polyamory and or a threesome. Um, Red flag number two, she was recently divorced and exploring her sexuality and the idea of being open and, and polyamorous. But I don't think she had really healed from the trauma of her divorce and was still so used to putting someone else's needs before hers. I don't really think she knew who she was quite yet.
2: Uh, I, yeah, that makes sense. That was not her priority.
1: Exactly. She was not her own priority. Yeah. And then uh, number three, that, you know, jealousy and envy reared their ugly heads in a not so healthy way. And it was never really addressed or discussed. And then clearly she had this explosion leading up to what was supposed to happen because it was never talked about. And or she just wasn't aware of it, her own
2: right so it was the assumption that everything was okay and there's no need for conversation and clarification but that was wrong
1: yeah and i i wonder if you know jeremy or i should have prodded her more a little bit but at the same time she was a very stubborn person and she kept saying how much she wanted this but when you fall back to red flag number one it's that she was doing things for someone else and not for
0: herself and maybe she really did genuinely want it and she just but she didn't know how to deal with the jealousies and if we have any listeners that are in that boat and um, we did just do a episode on jealousy and envy that addresses that exact thing if you're dealing with with these emotions over things that you want to be okay with and you just find yourself repeatedly not being okay with them take a listen to that episode. And yeah, we shared some tips for what have helped us get past those, uh, some of those challenges.
3: Yeah. It seems to be the repeating topic. That's like, mm-hmm. that's the first thing we need to deal with. If you're going to get into the polyamory yeah, or polyamorous relationships. Um, I'm curious, Danielle, with uh, the story, like how it really ended, ended. Do you have any, uh, did you ever know what happened to Barbara? Like years down the road, did th- that relationship work out?
1: Well, that didn't, but he and I are still seeing each other. I just saw him on Tuesday night.
3: Ooh, Nice. Hear that, listeners?
1: <laughs> Hear that, Barbara? <laughs> I
3: win.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, not that it was a competition,
2: but yeah, you win.
3: <laughs> well, I wasn't expecting that. I'm glad I asked. <laughs>
2: it's all about the cookies and the black lingerie, I'm sure.
3: Did you ever get to wear the Ariel costume?
1: I did not, sadly. Oh,
3: oh, what a waste.
1: We got to see a picture. <laughs> That's why I was laughing. I was like, really like? <laughs> but when he was here Tuesday night, he had hand-built a uh, very unique contraption to uh, restrain me to. Ooh.
3: Mm. <laughs> Kinky.
1: So while, while there were no costumes, there was definitely some uh, lumbar, uh, lumbar, lumbar, lumber involved. <laughs> and lumbar too, actually. He gave me a lumbar support for my bad back.
3: <laughs> Maybe
2: we should get that for you, honey. Yes. Would you like that?
3: I would like that. <laughs> I don't know why we get all of our sex toys at Spencer's gifts in the mall.
2: Oh, my God. What? (laughs) I don't even know what that is. (laughs) Anyways.
0: Gosh. Uh, So being monogamous, what things would you recommend if someone is monogamous and they want to get in a relationship or they're thinking about starting a relationship with a polyamorous person? What are some tips that you have for them?
1: My Top things to look for if you're exploring a relationship with a open or polyamorous partner. Number one, that they're very transparent. And that communication is one of their top priorities and that they're really good at it. If it feels secretive, it likely is. And they are not ethically non-monogamous or polyamorous. You're just the other person. I think it's important that you need to be experienced enough and mature enough to know what it is that you're looking for in a relationship. So you need to be in a healthy place and aware of what you want. Unlike Barbara. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. Um, If a polyamorous partner or even if you are coming on a little bit too strong there's an imbalance there and there's something to, to be aware of there and a little worried about possibly. Maybe one partner's more interested than the other. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important that you treat your relationship like a priority and not an afterthought or an obligation. Are you referring to all relationships?
2: Because a polyamorous person will have more than one relationship.
1: I think polyamorous partners are better at prioritizing and multitasking.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, I would think so too.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And we could learn something from them.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So making sure if they're
0: saying that they're polyamorous, that they are actually treating you like a partner and not just a friend with benefits or, yeah, that makes sense. Okay.
1: Exactly. And I think that ties back into knowing what you want. If you're okay with just being something casual and on the side, not actually looking for a relationship with depth and deep emotions, love, long-term commitment, then, then you're okay. Yep. But I don't think that's truly polyamory.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: And then I think the last thing that's really important too is compatibility of sexual desires and fantasies. Yes, I think that's important in any relationship. I was about
2: to say that, especially in a relationship where you're not monogamous. If the sex isn't good, then why are you even doing this? You can be miserable and sexless, and in a monogamous long-term marriage, go ahead, you know. <laughs> say I don't
3: know. You and I were just having a conversation today or yesterday about uh, what's more important in a in a relationship: friendship or sexual attraction? Attraction, yeah, and sexual attraction. Yeah.
2: And I definitely said sexual attraction. Yeah. I don't need another friend. I, I think it's 50 50. I did too. I think it's important to some extent, but more, the question was what is more important?
3: Yeah, you had to pick one over the other.
2: I will pick a sexual attraction because I can find friends.
1: I think people with a higher sex drive are absolutely going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or people who've had really good sex. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my top five then. I think being in a polyamorous situation, being with a poly partner, there's an understanding that you may or may not get to see each other as often as you'd like. But you very much prioritize getting to spend time together and the time together you can have is really special. So Tuesday night, I had a date with Jeremy. Uh, I did not make him cookies, <laughs> <laughs> but I had just moved into a new apartment and he came over and offered to mount my TV. And,
3: and you, <laughs> I knew that joke oh, was good.
1: Stole, you stole, okay. I was like, what else was he going to mount?
2: Oh ah. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> I was like, yeah.
1: <laughs>
3: I've known my stylist for a while. I knew where this was going.
1: I know her quite well <laughs> so as Jeremy was you know pulling out his power tools, and uh, actually he was fixing my fence for me that unfortunately no longer like closes securely and he was out there at 10 p.m. on a Tuesday night cutting off portions of my fence and installing a latch so that my home could be secure. It was so sweet and thoughtful and incredibly sexy.
2: Was he shirtless when he was doing this?
1: He told me he thought about bringing his leather apron, but he didn't.
2: Oh, there you go.
1: <laughs> Maybe just a tool belt would have sufficed. Yes. But, you know, here I am in my sexy lingerie and a little bathrobe on top, waiting, you know, for him to be done with this task. And I'm making hot toddies for us and I get a text message from my ex-boyfriend. Hey, I'm on my way over. (laughs) Okay. Oh my goodness. And then not even three minutes later, I think I'm here. I think I'm here? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I'm in a new place. He's never been there before. And he's now parked in the alleyway between my apartment complex and the street. (laughs) I now have to look at Jeremy and tell him, keep doing what you're doing. My ex-boyfriend's here. I'm going to go run out and say hi. (laughs) And you can just tell the
2: ex-boyfriend that Jeremy was just the help, right? He's just some guy fixing the fence. Don't worry about it.
1: Exactly. (laughs) No, but the beautiful thing is, is because he was polyamorous and because he and I have such a great understanding with each other he immediately asked me do you just want me to leave he was ready to just cut and run and and just say you do what you need to do i understand i've been in this situation before kind of thing do what you need to do and i said absolutely not this is not going to ruin our night i'm just going to go say hi to this person i'll be right back let me top off your hot toddy maybe get you a cookie and i'll be back (laughs) So. I go outside and my ex-boyfriend is no longer there, go back inside. He then proceeds to FaceTime me saying, I just left, I I, I have to like reject the call and end it quickly. And then decide, am I gonna go out a second time and go say hi to this person? And I think what motivated me was the fact that this ex-boyfriend had just flown in from London. To him, for whatever reason, I was a priority, and he wanted to see me, but gave me zero notice whatsoever. But he circles back around. Hey, I'm outside. I go out to see him again. And the minute I see him, I feel absolutely nothing. But I can see that he's so excited to see me. And we embrace and hug, and he asks if he could kiss me, which is really sweet. Oh, God. <laughs> That's not good for him. <laughs> no. As if to say, like, let me see your new place, and I have to stop him and break his little heart and say, I'm on a date with another man right now.
2: Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> like, we're not together. <laughs> And I do have to say, in the most unexpected and unpredictable way, it was the best form of closure, because I was having a f- awesome hair day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing lingerie underneath the bathrobe.
3: Yes. Hot toddy in hand.
1: He is here to see me and he realizes that some other man is in my apartment right now so he and I proceeded to have you know about a half hour, hour conversation and it was very much he wanting to wander down memory lane and you know catch up and I think the big takeaway for me from this evening was that he was in this loveless sexless boring marriage and he was regretting everything that we had and it was all kind of cemented by the fact that a regular Tuesday night for me was this like wild sexual adventure with a man who's, you know, fixing my fence and building contraptions to restrain me to. Clearly I had moved on and was very happy. And and he was in kind of the same sad place. So it kind of broke my heart a little bit. But at the same time, it was just like, I'm winning this breakup. <laughs> yes, But I, I was, it was like, I was being unintentionally petty. Like I was seeking revenge without actually seeking it. If that makes sense. Like it, it just fell in my lap. I just manifested this closure and
2: it was just, it was kind of meant to be right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I I think also, too, he and I had this big discussion about kind of where we're at right now. And the fact is that if he and I had stayed together, I wouldn't have been able to explore myself and my sexuality, the partners that I've had, the experiences that I've had. I wouldn't have been able to grow as much as I have if I had stayed in that relationship with him.
2: Yes, I get
1: that. He's very conservative, very traditional, and very buttoned up, very British. I recently read that in in a
2: book about women, how they they trade one prison for another when they move from their parents' house to their husband's house, if he is that, that way and doesn't allow them to explore.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, poor guy. Haven't heard from him since. It's been radio silent, And you probably never will again.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that might be the closure.
0: So what is something that you learned about yourself in having a polyamorous partner?
1: I think that you see that there are relationships beyond what society has given you and fed you. And when you see a partner who's able to prioritize multiple partners, be an excellent communicator and really make sure that everyone feels fulfilled, it makes you step up your game.
3: Hmm. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: So polyamory pushes you to be better.
3: It doesn't let you be complacent.
2: Yeah. It doesn't. We were talking about that all the time, how monogamy, the, the security of monogamy allows you to be complacent.
3: It breeds complacency, yes.
1: A lot of monogamous couples, unfortunately, fall into complacency because they're also scared to admit that they're wanting something more in their relationship. And that doesn't always mean another partner. It just could be something more, period it could be a fantasy or it could be something as simple as i just want more communication that makes sense because uh,
2: it's uh like i i have been in uh, enough monogamous relationships and i know how it is like to be with somebody that you don't feel you can communicate openly you are going to be judged so then you're you're uh, cautious about speaking up
1: I think also people are so scared to admit what they really want because they're maybe already aware that that's not what their partner wants. And I was talking about my, I was talking with my cousin actually, um, she's a therapist and psychoanalyst and she had observed when I was with this br- very British partner that I was talking about, the ex-boyfriend, that I had made myself small she had observed that I was putting myself in a little box and trying to be what he wanted me to be. And then the last decade since we were together, she got to watch me grow and blossom and explore and become the awesome person I am today. And that likely would not have happened had I stayed with him.
3: Yeah. I know we talked about it on previous episodes, too, but it's like I never grew more than when I just started exploring my polyamorous nature. It's like it's like being on, you know, some kind of steroid of growth or something.
0: Yeah. Once you have that freedom to actually examine who you truly
2: are and embrace that. And allow others to examine the same, like be themselves and explore themselves and yeah, yeah, not be scared. Yeah. When you're trying to fit in that relationship box, you have no idea how many other areas
0: of yourself you're suppressing and like, that's robbing yourself of those aspects of yourself and your family and everybody you care about.
3: And when you're dating too, even the relationships that end up not working out, you still gleam something. You know, when you walk away, you walk away. Don't you agree, Danielle, every time you date, you, you get something from that relationship.
1: I, I say that every single time I date somebody that I've learned something about them or me. Sometimes it's what I don't want. And sometimes it's what I do want. Those are both lessons, you know, worth, worth learning.
3: And what what is the dating market like at the moment? Has polyamory become more common uh on dating apps? I
1: I think it has, yeah. Uh I don't know if I have like unicorns stamped across my forehead or not. <laughs> but I do feel like I get approached an awful lot by couples or people who are newly polyamorous or open. Um I got one more story for you guys. You want another one? <laughs> um, this was years ago, but he and I have connected twice since. He 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 keeps trying. He can't take the hint. But um, this one particular gentleman had reached out to me and said he had a primary partner and a secondary partner. And he was looking for tertiary. And his available times were Tuesdays and Thursdays from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Well, that's very specific. (laughs) As if it was like a job application and here are going to be your hours.
0: For any listeners that don't know, tertiary is like if, if a polyamorous person is practicing hierarchical polyamory and then they have a primary and a secondary and then the tertiary is like third in line so that wow and they had tuesdays and thursdays available you said
2: that gave you the exact times oh
3: my God. <laughs> pick your slot let
2: me che- let me check my calendar <laughs>
1: and i was like dude i got a full-time job what what the heck are you thinking that i can make myself available to you on those dates and times? But he was persistent, he kept trying.
3: But did you go for it?
1: I mean, at least, I, I will say this about him. He was very self-aware. And he knew that with his two existing partners, that's all he had available to, to give.
0: That's true, he was very transparent.
1: Kind of a raw deal if you ask me.
3: <laughs> did you go for it or you deny it?
2: She had a full-time job. She's says busy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I was working.
0: Uh, you said you said you feel like you have unicorn stamped on your forehead because you get approached by so many. And I think I'm thinking that's a sign of what we're seeing. Like there's like this tide turning where a lot of people are wanting to have a thruple or a relationship like this. Um, and they... People are still trying to figure out how to make that happen. I don't think it's just looking for a secondary all the time necessary or looking just for friends with benefits or casual fling. I think there's a lot of people that do want an additional life partner, women that are bisexual or men that are bisexual. And they're just, they want more people that they can do life with.
3: You're right. I think that's the number one comment I see on our social media. It's always like, I'm still looking for ours. Or how do we get that? You know, get what you guys have.
0: Yeah.
1: Love to see that this is actually happening. I have another good friend of mine who has recently gotten into polyamory and her first partner that she experienced polyamory with already had a primary. Um, But this partner that she was exploring with was asexual. And then her second partner that she ended up adding um, lived in Alaska, even though she lived here in the Bay Area. So that allowed them to get a little bit closer. And now she has a third partner who recently has come out as bisexual and has a primary partner as well. And so now she's got three different partners within the span of like a year and a half. And I think what's really unique is that I think she gets something different from each of these partners. But her relationships with them are still just as special and important. Exactly. We've talked about
2: this before when I was, uh, uh, Josh is, it's very non-hierarchical and I was trying to explain to him, it's okay to have hierarchy as long as it fits what you're looking for or who you are at that time. And all together, there you go. You have this perfect unity. So it might not work for you, but it works for them.
3: Yeah, I'm not saying it was wrong for everybody else or anybody else for that matter. But for me, it was just hard to wrap my head around it because I just don't think that way. It's like, yeah, right. I'm wired a very specific way and I just didn't want hierarchy.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think the living situation has a lot to do with it. The fact that they lived in three different cities and already had primary partners that they shared a residence with. Yeah, who were not polyamorous, yeah.
2: I want to, I want to ask you about jealousy since you've clearly like you have experience with dating polyamorous people while you were monogamous. So my, my thing is like, if I would be monogamous dating polyamorous, a polyamorous individual, my first thing would be, uh, I think jealousy or envy or whatever. Like, why do you get to do all of this? while well, I don't, did you ever feel that way?
1: I think in the context of what I've been doing is that it would fall more under ethical non-monogamy because we had an understanding that we're not exclusive, but that my polyamorous partner has the ability to fall in love with multiple people at the same time. Whereas I don't, and I'm kind of exploring other types of relationships, but not necessarily falling in love.
2: Right. So you're not monogamous with them. No. You're you're not just seeing them.
1: No. I mean, there, there was a time, I think, where I explored that. But realized that I wouldn't be being true to who this person is by asking them to be monogamous with me. That's not who they are.
2: But would you see yourself in a situation where you would be Committed and monogamous and exclusive with a polyamorous personal.
1: I think I'm a little bit of an odd duck and I could see that working for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I work so much and I'm so busy and I, I prioritize my family and friends and all the things in my life that it's kind of nice to have a partner that doesn't need me 24 seven.
2: Right. Cause your life is full already. So
1: yeah. And so, having a polyamorous partner, yeah, it it worked out well for my schedule.
2: Right. We talk about it a lot on our podcast about uh, how monogamy pushes you to think that uh, your partner has to be your everything. So, you're proving the point that you can be monogamous and also you can have a very full life where your partner is not your everything.
1: Exactly. I think that's so crucial, especially for women, falling in love with yourself. Figuring out who you are, knowing what you bring to the table, knowing your worth, and then exploring beyond what you thought your life was going to look like. Because so often you end up realizing your life can be awesome if you can push past that comfort zone.
2: Yep,
0: exactly. Yeah, yeah. I see so many people who reach the, the life stage that we're at now, you know, late thirties, early forties. And even if your life has turned out exactly as you thought it would when you were in your early twenties and choosing a spouse, or, you know, whatever, choosing a, a career direction. And now you get to this life stage and you're like, wow, this isn't, this isn't what I thought it was. This isn't what it's cracked up to be. And then if there's no, if you don't have a partner, if you're partnered and you don't have a partner that's supportive of changing directions or exploring changing directions, then it, it that makes things so much harder. So just having that that freedom to explore that and get to know yourself is just you can't you can't put a value on that. It's incredible.
3: Danielle, if you had to put a label right now on where you are on your journey, what what would you say you are?
1: I am content being single and really enjoying just exploring my sexuality, as well as figuring out what it is that I want. I have never said I absolutely want to be married and I absolutely want to have children. So both of those things give me a lot of freedom. And I am grateful for that because that's a, afforded me a lot of wonderful experiences.
2: Would you ever see yourself as uh, becoming polyamorous in the future, or is just an absolute no for you?
1: The way I look at polyamory is, is it's an ability. You have the ability to fall in love with multiple people at the same time, and I don't think I have that ability. I've never experienced it yet. Maybe that's possible. I still tend to think in terms of the seven types of Greek love, where in your lifetime, you experience all different types of love, all forms of love. And as we prepped on earlier, you know, Josh was saying that you always learn something from every relationship, you get something from every relationship. And maybe it's just a different type of love. And then you're glad to have had that and it will always be there but maybe it's not a forever kind of love.
2: Right. Yeah, this is a, this can lead to a very deep philosophical
1: conversation. So, yeah. My favorite.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> so if you want, I'll kind of run through real quick those seven types of love. Oh, yeah, go for it. Yeah, so uh, I know Josh and I are philosophy and just Greek history lovers as well. So he actually turned me on to this, and I, I feel like it's so relevant uh so top seven forms of love here right in 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 the greek uh world right top one is uh eros that's the romantic type of love, lust and passion and pleasure right <laughs> uh, then philia, which is uh the brotherly type of love you know it's a friendship um Ludus, which is like a flirtatious, kind of playful, um, new relationship energy, online dating kind of romance. Yeah. Storage, which is the unconditional familial type of love. Like, this is the love that parents feel for their children. Puachia, uh, I think I'm saying that right. Uh, that's self love. And you know, self-care, really. And pragma, which is a committed, compassionate type of love. Uh, It's a conscious decision to stay together for better or worse, kind of what society has told us what marriage is, right? And then the last one is the agape. That's like love for humanity and strangers and everyone in general.
2: Very interesting. Thank you for sharing.
1: I think it's just important to realize that if you want to be a good partner and you want to really be in love, that educating yourself is always a good idea. Stay curious and keep exploring because there are so many wonderful resources out there for you. And don't say no to new experiences.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like that.
1: I'm just a yes kind of gal.
0: <laughs> so Danielle, do you have any dating tips for our listeners?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's been a while since I've been on the dating apps. Uh, I currently have a full roster.
2: Congratulations.
1: <laughs> Thank you. It's very fulfilling. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> but um, I think what I've learned, especially from some of the polyamorous partners that I've had that the best thing that you can do is put in effort. If you're planning a first date, if you're communicating with this person leading up to this date, and even on the date, just put in the effort. Plan a nice date, put on the nice outfit, go to the new cocktail bar that you've heard about and wanted to try. Actually listen to what they have to say. And have an intelligent response. And then at the end of the day, be an adult and text message them and say what you're actually feeling. Whether it's, I can't wait to see you again, or I'm sorry. I didn't feel any kind of romantic connection.
2: Right? Yeah. Uh, we're kind of circling back to what we were saying earlier. Like you want to be the most special one. So if you go out on a date, make that person that you actually put in the time to go out on a date make them feel special otherwise don't don't do it right
1: and i feel like this also ties into kind of the effort that people put in behind the scenes you know especially women right we're doing our hair and our nails and putting on the fancy outfits and getting excited about the date and all we're hoping is that our partner is going to show up and put in the same amount of effort
2: yeah do the same thing And
0: that's a great tip for whether you're polyamorous or monogamous, (laughs) anybody that's going on dates.
2: Absolutely, put
0: in put in some effort. Treat that person that you're meeting like like they're very important. Yes, Danielle, thank you so much for joining us here today. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you and hearing your experiences, and we so appreciate it.
3: Yeah, we love the stories; they were amazing.
1: Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. I love what you guys are doing. I think it's incredible. I hope more people tune in and can really kind of get to know themselves and explore and figure out what it is that they're looking for and feel supported by what you guys are doing.
0: Thank you. Yes. I think this world will be a much better place and people are able to just be themselves and the best version of themselves and have partners that support that.
3: Absolutely.
1: Uh, If you guys liked this content, uh, feel free to hit like and subscribe and share with your friends so that you can explore the world of polyamory. And learn
2: more about yourself. Wonderful! Awesome.
1: Whatever she said, <laughs> go
2: for it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and if you have any experiences that you would like to share, please leave them in the comments section.
3: And we'll see you next time.
2: Thank you. Bye. 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 If you liked our content, uh, don't forget. Uh,
3: okay.
2: <clears throat> if we like, if, if we like our content, we <sighs> <sighs>